0: Just prior to this morning's scripture reading from the Gospel of John, Jesus was in Bethany where John was baptizing. Jesus had been gathering followers as he went, including Andrew and his brother Simon Peter. One of those following Jesus called him rabbi and asked him where he was staying. Come and see, invited Jesus, and they did. Hear now these words from the Gospel of John, chapter 1. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him,
1: We have found him about whom Moses and the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth.
0: Nathanael said to him,
1: Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see, come and see.
0: When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit.
1: Where did you get to know me?
0: I saw you under the fig tree, before Philip even called you.
1: Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel.
0: Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened up, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man the word of God for the people of God.
1: I used to think that doing homework was hard. Growing up in school every day when I got home, I just wanted to play or to hang out with my friends. There was always homework to be done. Then I became a teacher and discovered that grading homework wasn't any easier. <laughs> there were some knowing laughs from teachers in the room. I was, I was a math teacher, you see, and I made my students show their work. I'd go through it line by line, checking to see how they'd gotten the answer at the bottom. Sometimes they'd get the right answer, but when I looked at their work, it was clear that they didn't know how they'd gotten the answer, and they weren't likely to get it right again a second time. Sometimes they thought they'd understood it, but they'd missed something really important, and while it still got them the right answer this time, the day would come when it wasn't enough oh, they'd complain, but I got the right answer. I know, I know, I'd say, but getting the right answer isn't enough. In 20 years, nobody will care that you got the right answer on your eighth grade math homework, but learning how to think, knowing why it's the right answer is something that can stick with you. Knowing how it works, that's the thing that will make This week begins our new series on conversations with Jesus. There's a picture in the middle of the worship center. My grandfather had that picture in his study many years ago. Jesus and this man in a suit sitting and talking. After my grandfather died, my grandmother hung it in the cabin that he'd built. I remember looking at it as a kid on vacation Eventually it passed on to my mother and then to me. It rests now most weeks in our study back home. I love it. You can get a closer look after the service if you want. I still find myself drawn to it. Still wondering what it is they're talking about. What Jesus is saying. What the man is thinking Over the next few weeks, we'll be exploring different conversations with Jesus, stories of people talking with Jesus. They're in all different settings, conversations at night and at noon, sitting by a well, standing by a roadside or in the governor's palace. Together, we'll learn from these dialogues about Jesus and about ourselves. This morning's conversation, as you've heard, is between Jesus and Nathanael. This is right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, here in chapter 1 of John's gospel. John the Baptist sees Jesus walk by, points him out to some of his own disciples. Behold, the one we've been waiting for, the Lamb of God. And they take the hint. They leave John and follow Jesus. They ask Jesus where he's staying, and he invites them to come and see. So Jesus goes to Galilee then, and he invites Philip to follow him. Philip joins in. But first, he rush, runs off to tell his friend Nathaniel that they found him, the one they've been waiting for at long last. We found him, Philip says, the one Moses and the prophets foretold. We found him, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Nathaniel is skeptical. Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? They've been waiting in anticipation, waiting for the Messiah. But this isn't exactly what he had in mind. It's kind of like finding out that the Messiah grew up in New Jersey. <laughs> really? <laughs> there must be some mistake. Sorry to any of you from New Jersey. Uh, but, but Philip doesn't argue. He just says, come and see <laughs> So they go to Jesus together. And when Jesus sees Nathanael, he says, Now here's a genuine Israelite in whom there is no deceit. This one tells it like it is my wife is killing me. (laughs) 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 Nathanael's confused. I beg your pardon? Do, Do you know me? I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Now the scripture doesn't say, maybe it just means that Philip found him resting under a fig tree. Or or maybe the fig tree has some other significance for Philip. Maybe it represents a a turning point from his past, like, like Newton and the fabled apple tree, or Augustine and the pear tree. Either way, Nathaniel is stunned. Jesus has seen something in him, whether mundane or profound. Jesus has seen something that he could not have seen, knows something he should not have known. And Nathaniel is amazed. Gone is the skeptic, gone are his qualms about a savior from Jersey. Rabbi, he says, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. He gets the right answer here in the the first chapter of the book. Before any of the other signs and wonders, before any of Jesus' teachings, before the cross and the empty tomb, Nathaniel gets the right answer. Jesus is indeed the Son of God and the King of Israel. But he he gets the right answer, but he only thinks he knows why. You believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree, Jesus says? That's hardly more than a parlor trick. Your God is too small. You ain't seen nothing yet. Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven itself opened up and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. I am nothing less than the place where heaven and earth meet, Jesus says. He's echoing the old story of Jacob's ladder, a story that Nathanael, this genuine Israelite, knew well, no doubt. It's a story from way back in Genesis. Jacob, the one who would be called Israel, has just left home, ostensibly to find a wife, but actually so that his brother Esau, whom he's cheated, won't kill him. He's traveling on the road, and he comes to this place and lies down for the night, out in the open under the stars with a rock for a pillow. And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stands beside him and promises that through him and his family, all the families of the earth will be blessed. The Lord promises to be with him, never to leave him, all the way to the end when the promise is fulfilled. Stick with me, Jesus tells Nathaniel, and you will see the beginning of the fulfillment of the promise. You believe just because I told you that I saw you underneath the fig tree Stick with me and you will see the blessing through which all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Here in this one conversation with Jesus, in this one scripture, Nathanael gives us both ends of the spectrum. He starts out the skeptic whose mind is too narrow, too small, bound up in his ideology, stuck in his certainty about who God is and how the world works, thinking he knows that salvation can't possibly come from Nazareth. And so he almost misses the deliverer he's been waiting for. But then he gives us the other end of the spectrum. His God is too small. His expectation of what God can do is too small. And so he is amazed by little more than a parlor trick. Don't settle, Jesus says. Don't settle for small minded ideology. Don't settle for certainty about where God is from or where God is going. Don't settle, or you might miss it. You might miss the surprising ways that God is showing up, the surprising ways that God is showing up here and now. Don't settle, Jesus says. Don't settle for a God who is too small, unable to do anything of real consequence. Don't settle. Don't settle for anything less than the place where heaven and earth meet. Don't settle. Don't stop. Don't stop looking. Don't stop following. Don't settle. It's not enough. Keep going until you see the fulfillment of the promise that was from the beginning. Blessing the family of God so that through them, all the families of the earth might be blessed.